What's up, everyone? My name is Tebs, and thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast. This podcast was created to celebrate young African women who are excelling in their business, careers, and lives. We want to salute you and give you flowers while you can still smell them. Every week, we will be profiling a boss babe and finding out from them how they have harnessed their superpower and what more we can expect from them. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social media pages at Superpower Podcast. Leave us a review and even drop a voice note on our channel shouting out ladies who are inspirational to you. The official hashtag for anything on this podcast is hashtag Superpower Podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so now you're done with varsity because you have to do your three-year undergrad and you then have to do your postgrad honors mm -hmm. um then, then then what happens so um i i then to you like you're saying to to become um a ca you 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 first need the quality so you first need your degree so i'd finish now with my degree postgrad uh the other part of it is that you then need to do what you call article slash in-service training um, so you need to do that for three years um, and you need to do it with a psyche accredited um, company, depending on whether you want to do your your articles. At, at the time, there was a tip and top. But what that basically means is that you're either doing your articles or your training um, in public practice or and that means like within an audit firm or you're doing it outside. That means you're going to corporate and you're doing your training via corporate. So then I... I had had the the support and I knew about Deloitte because they had funded my undergrad. So again, it was um, second nature to just go with Deloitte and go do my articles there. So I, I, I started my articles um, in 2010, so the year of Philip. Um, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I remember. That was a crazy year. I don't think was... anyone worked in 2010, to be honest. So imagine so just fun. starting. Imagine just starting your career, like you know, in the year of Philip. Like everything was just like a body. But um, it was. But it was also a big shift. Uh, it was a big shift. It was uh, coming to coming into an environment where, um, again, yes, they have. There are people who have been there before you. But guess what? You haven't been there. Be you haven't been there before. So you feel that your struggles are your struggles, and you're going through the struggles, you know, uh, all on your own. Um, and and just just trying to to go through that and 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 trying to adapt, um, but also just um, um, but also just also at the time you're not just working because you, there's the two board exams that you need to write in order to qualify as CA. So there's also the studying is still there, um, and you've I had the support structure of my friends. They understood my journey and what I was going through. But then at home it's also difficult because at home it's like. You now have a job. You're now working. You know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, working was difficult. Uh, having to having to juggle, um, having to juggle different balls. So you've got the your family's expecting that you are now working. You're earning a living. So you need to play your part at home. You know. So slash black tax. You've got the whole uh, thing where you at work. There's um, expectations. And again, in order to you dealing with different clients who are situated all around Joburg. 
you are, we even had clients in Pretoria, you know, but you expected to be at a certain client at a certain time to perform certain duties. So you need to get there. You need to show up and you don't have a car, you know, and you live in Soweto. So you need to like wake up at wee hours of the morning to try to get yourself there. You need to, you need to get yourself there. But then there's also the safety, the security thing. I mean, you're carting this laptop with you and you know you don't want to be taking this to the taxi rank so so starting to work in 2010 um really again another i think another phase in my life that really really grounded me um was that i i'm I'm then trying to get all of this right right um because in my head i also want to be like the best trainee there ever was um i don't know if there is even such a thing but that's who i've always been thing they used to say at Deloitte what is it like you are like star star performer performer. (laughs) yes because you want to be a star performer I get it but the thing is to be a star performer you are you are in the same pool same league as people who probably have more um who have it more together than you like people who are driving themselves around their parents have sorted them out with cars they come from well-off backgrounds you know you don't know other people's stories but all you are just thinking is there is this opportunity for you to be a star performer. So why not be a star performer? And I think for me, the other step back at that point in time, or the other reason I feel that I was always pushing myself so hard when I started working was that when we got our board one results in our first year, I didn't pass, you know, so I hadn't, I hadn't made my, my first board one. Um, we, we, we wrote the exam in January and the results came out in May. So this was mid our, this was mid our um, our first year. So again, people at the audit firm don't know you, you know, from above. So all they all they know is obviously your performance uh, at clients, yeah. and and it's only the people that you're working with that know your performance, or so the partners or the managers that are working with you at that client that will know about your performance. But now there's this thing about you are that girl who didn't pass board. So and 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 again, it's I I don't think people put it out that way. I think we, I put the pressure on myself about I'm going to be seen as that chick who's not smart because I did yeah. not pass. I also, did. So, so did you not feel that from the team that you were working in when the first board results came out and you were one of those who didn't pass, are you saying it was more like internal mental for you as opposed to the working environment and the people around you? Yeah, I know. You know what? I I honestly feel I put that I exerted that pressure on myself um, because again, getting to that point. I mean, May is like sort of like media. We already had clients allocated, and we were all first years, so we already had sections allocated. So everything for me had not changed uh, before we got the results and after we got the results. How people were treating me had not changed, you know, before we got results and after we got results. I don't know. Other people probably have different stories than I have. But I know that I exert that pressure on myself. I I know that I always felt that I had to work harder in order to prove a point, Joba, you know what? Actually, I'm not, I'm not not clever, you know. So I, mm. I had to prove a point that I can actually do this and 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 all of that. So then I was working super hard. Um, I was working super hard, but then now you're sitting and obviously I now have to rewrite my, I need to rewrite my board exams because I didn't pass, but also I'm, I'm working over and above 
the way I'm supposed to be working at work, you know, um, I'm taking work home. You've on got more responsibility. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking work home on weekends because I, I want to deliver. Sorry, I want to deliver my things, you know, before they do. I'm, I'm working at night because I want to like catch up. I'm reading up on things because I want to know about things. And I mean, we, for, for, for me, I did my articles in financial services and if there is an industry that is regulated in South Africa, it's the financial, it's financial services, industry, services, you know, and, mm. and most of the things you come across when you start auditing, you, you weren't taught in varsity. I mean, no one taught us about the FSB. No one tells you about the national credit act or the insurance act, long-term short-term insurance act. Um, mm-hmm. You don't learn about those things in varsity, but you get to, you get to, to work and you are now, auditing in the financial industry we expected to know these things you know and yeah. the training the training comes after <laughs> i know i know we had this thing they're called on the job learning so on the, the training, job learning. <laughs> yes. it's very real <laughs> it's very real you know so so i'm that i'm that girl i'm reading up on these things i want to know about it because i i need to go and, and and put this into practice at work. So guess what? I'm doing all of these things and I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to prove a point and I'm trying to be a star performer at work. I'm not studying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm falling off the wagon. So I write my board exam again and I don't pass because why I, I haven't been studying. I, I hadn't been yeah. studying. It, it's literally now a, okay, I'm stuck again, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I'm stuck again. It's like, I'm trying to prove a point here at work and I come when when they when we're getting performance ratings you know when it comes to the end of the year we get performance rating I am rated top I get that but it's like I, if I leave Deloitte I've got nothing to show for it and you I know? don't like, even have a board one yeah yes, it's actually yes, it doesn't work um, out so how did you then figure out a balance because you, you had to figure it out you couldn't be a star performer at work but failing in your, you know, boards or getting your boards like passing but not doing well at work? How did you figure out that balance? Um, I think, again, and at this point in time, I had I had someone in the firm that I really admired and I was looking up to, but this was also someone I, I was working closely with. Um, and, and, and what had happened at the time is she then knew me from UJ, and she was she was starting this thing. Her name is Lori. I don't know if you know Lori. So she, Lori, so Lori no. yeah. So so Lori had had done academic articles. So she then came on to Deloitte as a second year, and um, we then became friends throughout that period. But what she was also doing was um, she 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 was very uh, passionate about academics, you know, and and teaching and all of that. But also what she was now learning at the time was that. Um, she had done academic articles. So when she came onto the audit firm, it was like her peers were like a year ahead of her because she was, yes, she, she hadn't been auditing and all of that. So she was like trying to get her balance with all of this. And, and, and we were just chatting over lunch and she was telling me about how much she's struggling to get the balance between trying to be a second year at audit clients, but she's actually a second year and she knows she can do all of this and she's capable. And then I was then telling her my story about trying to balance studying and this and this. And, and she said to me, tell you what, I'm, I, I want to start my own sort of program where I actually help honors students, you know, with, with, with studying for accounting honors and everything. How's about you become my guinea pig? You know, so I'm going to introduce the program. I'm going to help you and I'm going to help you with 
studying as well as working and you managing that. And if we actually can put this through and it's a success, then I'm going to start this program. So I said to her, awesome. Oh, wow. I said to her, awesome. And she said to me, do you have anyone else you want to bring on? Then it's not just you. And there were there were three other people, no, two other people I knew who were also doing um, articles within financial services uh, at Deloitte. And we hadn't passed. And we came on to this program with Lori. And we had sessions with her after work. We would have sessions before work. She, like Lori, was amazing. Um, we did everything ourselves. Like you draw your own timetable and everything. But I feel that had no one said to me, Ayanda, take your time and split it up. Yes, you can still do the overtime at work. but when you're doing this, then you need rest days. You need to study. You need yeah. to this, you know, and, and so having important. Lori, yeah, having Lori help me with that. Um, just like I feel that it was just an anchor. Everything else I did myself. Like I would study, I would do all of these things, but just having someone to ground you in and give you that anchor thing to say, okay, uh, close the laptop now. You can stop with work, you know, take a 30-minute mm-hmm. break to shut down, start with studying. And I did that with her, and we did that for, for my board one. Um, and we did that for my board too. And I passed my board too, um, first time around, you know, and, wow. and, and, and it was literally, it was really, it, yeah, it was literally so good too. I, I guess the, the take, the key takeaway for me then was again, prioritizing it because mm. I think that's the one thing I struggled with as, as soon as I started working, that's the one thing I, st- I struggled with. It was prioritizing and balancing myself and what needs to take priority. What do I need to do? And just having someone help me with that, um, help me so much. So yeah. And, sure. and that's how I, and that's how I finished. I finished my articles. That's so impressive. Shout out to Lori. What's her last name? She's married now. So I'm, I need to remember her. <laughs> okay. But she knows Lori from Deloitte who helped, um, Ayanda. shout out to you, man. <laughs> You're the real MVP. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So, Oh wow. Like, so yo, this journey. So you started off, um during varsity you didn't make it then you made it and then also when you were doing your articles um didn't make it but then you eventually make it ayanda and you qualify you know it's like the day when like your parents (laughs) are you know telling everybody that they've got a ca as a daughter (laughs) Mm. um then in terms of your career path, like what were some of the things that you wanted to do? Because what I've found with a lot of people who are on the CA path and once they qualify is for the past seven or plus years, that has been their main focus. That was the main aim and the main goal to just qualify. And it's only once they qualify that they now have to think of what's next. Like, do I stay in order do I go and be an FM like no one wants to be an FM you know um you know where was your head at once you qualified and you are now the CA and you've realized this goal um you you are so right I think also our thinking is so narrow I think our thinking is so narrow because you think um, I, w- I want to be a CA, but like what do CAs do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't think of it that way. And I think when you're also going through, when you're also going through, well, um, my story is that when I was going through, through articles, I mean, um, and well, go back to when I was in varsity, I was obsessed with people who are in 
you know, big positions and have power. So that's why I wanted yes. to be held calm. So when I was now doing articles and I'm in the audit firm, the audit partners are like the superpowers now, right? Oh, they they're they the call prefects. the shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the audit audit partners call the shots and you know and they're they, playing golf during yes. the week. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they they get to the client and they are the ones that can speak to the CEO, you know, <laughs> like when are you trainee? Like go speak to the people that the ground and go fetch the recons. So so it was like the the and and when partners walk into 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 the room, you know they've got that gravitas like a partner has walked into a room. So so yeah. when you're going through that, I think the again the next best thing is I want to be an audit partner because I want that. I want to you know call the shots and all of that. So I think whilst I was going through 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 my articles, I I didn't make it a point to actually find out what is it that I'm really passionate about. What is it that I want to do? It was a, I see this and this is what I want to be. You know, um, I, I, I know I, I worked with a lot of pat- partners that I admired um, and black partners that I admired. And I was like, oh, I want to be like that. You know, uh, female partners that I admired. Oh, I want to be like that. So at the time, um, it for me, that's, that was like, I want to be that. So the when we, goal, yeah, yeah. So when we got to our third year, and at the audit firm, they 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 told us that if you want to stay on as a as an audit manager, you know, you can apply and and all of those things, and there'll be an interview process. For me, like I didn't even think twice about that. I I went and I and I spoke to my mentor at the time. Um, who was also a partner and I told her I'm like I want to apply she's like for sure you are applying you know and <laughs> and and it made sense I, I mean like and it was that whole thing when when she said it when she said to me for sure you're applying for sure you 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 want to be an audit partner for sure you need to start being an audit manager when she said that and it's because it's something I was thinking it was like that was the last confirmation I needed. this is what I'm going to be I'm going to be an audit partner so 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 then when I was when I was um finishing my articles before we went on on secondment because at the end of end of our articles you had an opportunity to apply to go on secondment overseas um so before even applying for that I was like applying to to stay on at Deloitte as an audit manager you know and um when we when when we uh, when we then got the news that we could go on secondment and where we could go on secondment we then also got the news that um we were we were offered um uh, the opportunity to be audited. position managers. in the firm. Yes. Okay. Um, when we come back. So for me, my path was clear. I was going to go, I was going to go do my secondment. At, at the time, I was going to go do it in New York, at the Deloitte um, in, in New York. And when I came back from my secondment, I was going to come back and be an audit manager because now I was on track. You are to going be to be audit. a partner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh fine i go to new york i do i do my secondment it was a three month secondment i come back to south africa and i am now an audit manager and again it's it's one of those shock to the system because it's such a big jump from being a trainee to to being an, a manager but again you're thrown yeah. in you know like you are thrown you literally are thrown in you must now know how to be an audit manager <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> And and you wing it, I suppose. There is training every now and then. You wing it. You've got the support of the partners. Uh, your clients understand here and there by, you know what, you're a first-year manager and, and you're trying to do all of this. So that was 2013, and I'm trying my best to to be to be this audit manager. And I, I lost my mom uh, later oh, in that yeah. year. 
So, so again, it was a, it, it, like I, it was a, a setback for me. Yeah. Uh, because it again, but it was also a wake up call. You're by, you know what? Life is really short. You can't just be winging life. Like you need to live because tomorrow is not just guaranteed. So I, that's when I started doing a lot of introspection, you know, uh, after losing my mom, it was doing a lot of but introspection. introspection in, in, in what sense do you, did you think that you were working too hard and you weren't um, spending time with your family and friends? Like you didn't really have a good, what do they call it? Work life balance. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I think it was more of a, it was more of a, am I doing what I'm called for? Am I doing what mm-hmm. I want to do? Because if, if my time were to be up, and, and literally it took me losing my mom to start thinking like that, you know, if my time were to be up tomorrow, like would, would my friends say I have lived? Would my family yeah. say I have lived? You know, am I doing what I want to, to do? Am I doing um, what gets me out of bed, you know, every day? Am I focusing on that or am I just living because, you know, things are there and treadmill, uh, I'm sorry, what's this? Yeah. Uh, the circle is just going and, and I'm just on the wheel and I'm just going and I'm just going. You know, okay. And- so from so so from this introspection, then, um, what 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 came out of it? Because obviously, I mean, you went through a very painful experience, mm. uh, but now it's it's you are confronted with just the the choices that you have made. What 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 came out of 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 all of that? So so what really came out of that tips was that I wasn't happy with what I was doing. You know, I was just doing it. Because at the time it made sense. I was just doing it because I was getting a great, call it fulfillment out of it in that I I was, how do I put it? I, I could get the job done. And there was always, at the end of the day, there was someone who would be like, oh, Ayanda is very good at what she's doing. And that's why I kept doing it, you know. So I would always work, um, let's say I, I'm, I'm working on a specific client with a specific partner and then at the end of it, you get a performance review. I would always get great performance reviews from my partners. You know, it's like you're doing a stellar job. You are amazing. So for me, it was like, that's why I was doing this. I was doing this because the recognition was there and everyone was recognizing that I'm very good at what I'm doing, but I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. It was difficult to get out of bed. Uh, But then again, it's also a, you can't just make a drastic move like that whilst you're grieving and you're going through all of this. Um, So let me take my time, you know, like, Let's get into the new year and then let's see how, how it goes. And this is now what 2014, we're getting into the new year. I'm I'm still trying to like um ask myself the questions to say, what do you want? What do you what's gonna make you happy? What do you want to do? Then I lost my sister, you know, and then mm. it was like, okay, girl, you need to get your life in the, order. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, sure. but but again, it was a now I'm pushing myself because I'm like, I need to find this thing that it is that I need to do because now I've lost my sister and everything. And I think yeah. going through all of that, I was also stressing myself so much because I know I crashed. Um, there was a time in 2014, I took a whole month off work. I didn't go to work for like a whole month. And luckily, um, where I was working at the time, just Deloitte, they allowed me that time, you know, because I was like, mm. okay, time out. Time out, yeah. yeah. And I took a whole month off. And, and that was the most beautiful time I've had yes I I grieved in the way that I wanted to grieve I Mm. spent I spent time with my beautiful uh nieces so 
my 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 brother had just had a daughter um and we were bonding and and for me that that made sense like spending time with my family and giving all my energy to my family made sense you know but i can't just do that i need to earn <laughs> i need to earn a you living you need to make that money girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so then i go back to work and i'm starting now from scratch and i'm like okay let me get this let me give this an opportunity um and let me give this a chance call it that and then if i really don't like it if it's really not working i need to understand what it is i need to do um that's going to make me happy and again i'm trying to make all these decisions but i've got limited information i only know what i know it's not like yeah. i'm going out and i'm finding out more about what happens in corporate i'm not doing that i'm not going out and finding out what happens in corporate i'm not speaking to my friends who are in corporate i'm just like internalizing everything based on what i am going through at the time so yeah. then the following year i i decided to start doing that i i decided to start talking to people who are out in corporate people that i look up to who are out in corporate and i say to them you know how is this how is this what makes you tick what are you guys doing on a daily maybe i'm scared to go out to corporate because i've never ventured the thought of this it is, yeah and this is all i know and because i feel that i'm very good at this i'm 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 staying here you know and all of that and um that's when i got an opportunity then to to go work at Bala World Equipment and i was then speaking to um Anusha Gandhan at the time she was the executive fd at at uh, Bala World Equipment and i was telling her what i was going through and everything um and she said to me you know what there's this opportunity um that has come up this is what we're trying to do this is what we're trying to fix up at 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 rental um and and it's going to be like you getting there rolling your sleeves up uh you know mm-hmm. getting dirty and everything come try it out if you like it you like it you stay you know if you don't you've tried it out you can out, you know yeah. because and and the other reason i had gone to her was because um and i i don't know if other people went through this but i think when you are an audit when you are an audit you go through it way you you go through different clients and you're the audit manager so obviously um as auditors we very we we very good at finding issues we very good at finding problems you know so your yeah. clients your clients will know you quite well cuz you're finding things you know and and when you when you have the best time then you can offer recommendations you know to your findings um and so so a lot of clients knew me like that it's like we would interrogate things and stuff so you get through areas and 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 places and you get offered jobs you know like you you, okay. you go to a client and they be like we've got the scab don't you want to come work for us or this or this so when i was having that conversation with anusha it was a i'm sitting at deloitte and i really don't like what i'm doing i feel like i'm i'm stuck i feel like i'm doing this thing just because i can't do it but i don't like it i i don't yeah. like being an audit i really don't right uh but i've got these opportunities because people are offering me jobs maybe i'm supposed mm, to do this maybe it's coming all this. over you are in demand yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and then and then she looks at me she's like i know you very well and she's someone i've worked with ever since i started you know working or started my article so she's one of those partners i had worked with quite a lot so i felt she knew me very well uh but she yeah. was also someone i was really comfortable with and i could talk to about any and everything you know so going to her and and again and this is why i always feel that um mentorship is really important because then i went to her and i said to her i can do this i can go here i can go and she was like i know you i i know the kind of person you are you just lapping these things up because they make you feel good you're just lapping yeah. these things up because they are there and they're giving you an alternative 
Why don't you just sit down and get your head around what you what it is you want to do? And whilst you're doing that, come come join us. You know, come come do this. Come play around here. Come get dirty. Come come feel the corporate world, and see if this is something you want to do. You know. And oh wow! So she kind of created a a safe space for you to also like explore what it is that you want to yeah. ultimately do, which evolves obviously over time. But where you were at that point, you wanted to get out of the space that you were in, um, but also be in a safe enough space to have those kinds of discussions where you're also just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And and also you want to have people who have done this before you sort of like give you guidance, not tell you what to do, but you don't want to be making mistakes that other people have already made. You know, if, yeah. people already, if people have already made those mistakes, why don't you learn from them? You know, so I think for me, that's... That's what I valued about having her in my life is she was always there to guide me. She wouldn't tell me what to do, but she would always give me those nuggets, you know, chew on this, think on, think about this. Have you considered this? Then I'm like, oh, you know, okay, actually this makes sense. So having someone like that um, really helped. And and I decided, okay, it's fine. I'm going to resign from Deloitte and I w- I'm going to go join Bala World Equipment. Um and I did that. I went. I went on to be um, a financial manager at Bala World Equipment at their rental um, and used division. And boy, was that an eye-opening experience! <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine because now you you you're doing you're you're in a different environment and different things are now expected of you. Um. So yeah. Yeah, and you you even landed up in Botswana for Balo. Um. How how did that transition also happen? So again, um, going into going into Bilo World Equipment, I had to, um, how do I put it? Um, in terms of maturity, I had to grow up really fast because I'm now going into an environment where previously I was in an environment where I went through the training of that environment and I grew up in that environment and I yeah. got the experience in that environment and then I was now performing, you know. So getting into Bala World Equipment, you're coming in, you're a CA, you're going to be the financial manager, you're going to be helping us do this and this and this and this. So normal kit gloves, like people just want you to perform. But also mm. you're coming into this industry where it's very male dominant, you know, and it's um, it's people who have been there. Like people have got, they've paid school fees. I mean, I remember sitting at some meeting and someone told me that I think I can cheat experience. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> but you're sitting with people who feel that they are they have the walls of experience, you know, in terms of what they're doing. And you know what? Granted, they've been there for years, but now you are coming in. You need to challenge the status quo because of the position you're in, but because of yes. what you're also seeing happening there. Um, so so it it meant it meant um, that I I had to get myself up to speed really fast. Um, if I was going to be challenging status quo, if I was going to be doing what I'm expected to be doing and performing as a financial manager um, at that point in time. But I think luckily on my part is that I'm very vocal. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I don't I don't shy away from a discussion. I, I, I don't shy away from challenging things. And if I need to ask questions, I need to ask questions. You know, I put up my hand if things don't make sense to me and I ask questions. So So having been there for just over two years, I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot and I was doing a lot. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I feel that I've done all that I can do now in this division that I'm in. What is next? I can't do this anymore. I, I want more. So it so, took you two years to already start feel like start feeling like you need to you need a change or you need a new challenge. 
but but also I, I keep the tips. Maybe it's also coming from the training background. You know, when when you went through articles, you you did a year and then you were like uh call it promoted. So you start off as an assistant, then the following year you're a senior assistant, then you are a yes. um an audit senior, you know. But you 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 also going through this competency based uh training where you feel would say I can do this, 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 I can do this. So I am yeah. competent. What is next? You know, um okay. and and all of that. And again, um in in that space, I'm sitting and yes, I'm the FM4 a division. So I'm like, I want a bigger challenge because this I feel I can do and I feel I'm doing well, you know. So I go back to leadership at Bala World Equipment and I'm like, guys, I'm stuck. I feel I have done all that I can do. I feel that I need a bigger challenge. What is next? You then look around and, and there's people who are there and they are FDs and they've been there for 13 years, 14 years, 15 years. And they're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh, guys, but <laughs> I'm not about that life, you know. So so having those conversations, uh, I was always having those conversations um, and, and um, an opportunity came up in Botswana um, there was a vacancy for the FM, uh, country FM within Botswana. So then it was a, okay, miss, ma'am, you want a challenge. Um, here's the challenge, you know. So I was Go like, to a different country. I mean, go to a different that, country. So you were willing to even leave South Africa. I mean, you, you initially said you're, you're so close to your family and so many of your decisions have been centered around also like being available to your family, how 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 difficult or easy was the decision to then um, change and go to a different country? It was difficult. Um, it it really was difficult. But um, so it was. I was I was sitting at that crossroad. Right. It was either a I want this challenge, um, and because I want the challenge, I need to take up the opportunity because I'm the one who went and knocked on people's doors and said I want a challenge. Right. But on the other hand, I'm now going to go to a different country. I'm going to be far from my family. Uh, I know no one in that country. I need to start from scratch. Um, different language. I mean, um, I mean, Ebotswana, the primary um, language they use is Setswana. You know? So that means wow. I need to learn. Yeah. So even, even for business, it's either Setswana or English. Um, and I need to now learn this language. And, and all of that. But now also I'm going to go head up a team of people where I'm an outsider, you know, and there's dynamics there already and, and everything. So so those are a lot of things I had to I had to consider. Right. But in my head, again, I was like, OK, but what is the long term goal? What am I trying to do? Right. And that's when I was now starting to answer my questions and I was able to answer my questions where I'm like, I'm 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 really I'm really passionate about call it fixing things, but I'm really pa passionate about operations and operational efficiencies and, and getting organizations to work and, 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 and getting that out of people. And I'd learned that at, at, at Balos, you know, I'd learned how to, to, to get people working, but get people working more efficiently and all of that. And I wanted to be more in operations and I wanted to be more in process engineering and all of that. But the thing is, Again, when you are in finance and you are an accountant, you get boxed into finance and back yes, office. Yes, you do. You know, mm -hmm. um, and trying to climb up the ranks within operations was difficult looking at the level that I was at because 
everyone wants to be technical at the level that I was at, and that's middle management. So at middle management level, everyone wants to be technical. So people who are in process engineering or people who are in operations are people that are engineers, you know, and then people that are like middle management and finance are people that are CAs and stuff. So if you want to be, say, a COO one day, um, you you have to climb up the ranks. But the thing is, I don't, I'm, I'm not qualified in that area, but I think I've got the experience yes. and I can do it. So why not then climb up the ladder in finance where I, I have the qualification, I have the competence, let me go be head of finance or whatever so that the transition then is easier because once you get to senior management or once you get to your CEOs ahead, it's no longer about the technical competency. Now it's about managing people who have the yes. technical competency, you know? Exactly. So, so for me, the decision was more around that. And it was a, how do I then get there as fast as possible? How do I then become the FD? How do I become the head of finance as fast as possible? So I can actually transition to what it is I want to do because I don't want to be sitting and preparing budgets and reports and all these things. <laughs> I'm not passionate about that. That's finance. <laughs> you know, so how do I do it? And and this opportunity was going to be that. This opportunity was then going to allow me to, to get up in the ranks at Barlow World Equipment. So, so that that was what motivated my decision to go, you know. And at the back of my head, I kept telling myself that Botswana is not that far. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not. It's not like you're in Europe or America. Yes, yes. It's the same time zone. A flight to Khaburone is 50 minutes. Driving to Khaburone, I can do it three hours, three and a half hours. So I had convinced myself that Botswana is not that far and I can go. So off I went. Um, and I and I spent um, just under two years there, and yeah, okay. so about eighteen months. So it was it was it was a really good it was a really good experience. I think it grounded me as well. I think it shaped me uh, into the person I am. Uh, but more than that, I think it was again another eye opening experience because I'm sitting now in a different country and I'm coming uh, into the space. You know, like Botswana, I like such vibrant chilled people though like they are chilled and i'm coming and i'm like i'm from joburg things must happen and people yeah, are like happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people are like no, no chill people. Problems, problems. <laughs> and, people, and people are like no chill like you know <laughs> and stuff so so i learned i learned a lot about myself again uh being starting from scratch you know in a in a in a, in a different country a different environment making new friends um, and all of that. So I learned a lot about myself. I think um, as a person, I grew a lot. Um, I think I'm, my way of thinking matured um, quite a lot. But I think also having the opportunity of being in Botswana um, opened up my perspective so much in that the country itself is not as big as South Africa. I mean, at the most, yeah. they have a population of 2 million people. So the position that I then had um, at Botswana, because then I went on to be the FD, right? Um, yes. The opportunity I then had at Botswana because I was the FD of Bala World Equipment in Botswana, I got an opportunity to 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 get through doors where I feel the same wouldn't have happened in South Africa. So you know, like just randomly having conversations with the commissioner of their receiver, you know, and being invited to talks where they've got the captains of industries and you meeting the CEO of RMB there in Botswana and we're having conversations. It's things that I don't think would have happened to me when would I was have when I'm in happened South Africa. if you stayed in yeah. Yeah. So so, sure. so so those kind of opportunities were amazing. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um the the people I got to meet, the people I got to have conversations with 
um and and it it was a, it was a really good experience but again um i thought i was going to be able to handle the whole being away from my family is not so far and all of that it was difficult um i think at some point in time um i was pushed to a corner where by yes the work itself was challenging but it wasn't something i couldn't do uh, the people yeah. were challenging it wasn't something i couldn't do i think even i mean during my stay in 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 botswana and being there we went through um in botswana they call it a section 25 in south africa it's a section 189 in terms of the employment act and that's like a retrenchment and restructure process so i was going through that um having to lay off people obviously we were a team we were doing it as a team yeah but i mean having gone through that it it's a difficult it's a difficult process or procedure for anyone to go through and we had to execute this and now you're sitting in this country where you're like i'm so far from my family and i'm i'm going through all these changes i'm trying to all by myself yeah, yeah it it takes its sure. toll you know um it takes its toll but i think the experience i got out of that opportunity was was amazing okay sure okay so now you're feeling like um it's been great I've learned what I've needed to learn, um, but you do miss your family. So then you decide to come back to SA. I actually yeah. need to check the time because we can talk for a very long time. Um, like but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now you've come back to SA and you are the FD of RS Components. Um, how did that come about and what has it been like being back in South Africa? Um, the... The opportunity at RS Components came predominantly because I was coming back to I was coming back to South Africa. Uh, again, it would make sense to go talk to your employer to say I want to come back. <laughs> um, so I had the conversations uh, within Bala World Equipment to say I wanted to come back. Was trying to find opportunities and spaces where I could fit in. I really couldn't find a fit. Um, I couldn't find a space where I wanted to be in and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And that's when the opportunity with RS Components came up. Um, and at the time it made sense, um, it, <laughs> at the time it made sense to join Iris Components more so because of the, because of the, the presence. Um, yes, they, in South Africa, they, they operate as a branch, but Iris Components is present in 32 countries. So, wow. yeah, so in Americas, we, so the group itself is Electro Components. Um, that's the listed entity, um, in the UK, but in 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 the Americas we uh, operate as Allied, and then in in the UK we operate as RS Components, but then rolling up into Electro Components, and then we also um, we also have uh, presence within the APEC region, so Asia Pacific regions. And, I'm like all yeah. these terms, girl. APEC. Right. You know, you know <laughs> so you're talking Asia to Pacific. a boss when they just use acronyms <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 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 we 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 are present in Americas, so North America, South America, Canada, Asia Pacific, um, EMEA. So that's Europe, uh, and then Africa and India. Middle East, Africa. Yeah. So so for me, it was like, wow. Okay, this is a global. Um, Company and then when I was finding out about their strategy and where they want to take RS components into Africa, and 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 what they are currently doing in terms of um, tech and STEM and all of that, it it just made sense because that's where everyone is going, right? Well, everyone's going for IR, but that's where everyone is going, and um, it was a great opportunity. So I was like, why not? And that's how I landed up at at RS components. I have been there for over a year now. And it's been great. Um, every day is a challenge, but every day is like I feel I'm growing. 
uh, and I'm I'm enjoying it. So I'm I'm not at that point again where I'm gonna be. <laughs> I, I feel that point for you is two years. I mean, your experience has shown that after two years, I've got a two year some... itch. <laughs> no, I don't have I don't oh. have I don't have the itch yet. So I'm 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 still happy where I am at at Aris Components. I'm still happy with what I'm doing at Aris Components. Um, it's a very I, and now going through. Obviously, everyone is going through COVID. Um, but it's 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 been I think for for us it's been such an advantage being part of a global um, uh, entity because some of our peers would have been hit by the you know by by COVID prior to us so their countries would have gone through their peaks way before ah, us. Ah I mean, yes. Yeah. So like the That's guys true. in China, we we're going through it in December. So you get key learnings from them, and they're rolling things out. So by the time we were hit in South Africa, we had some things in place. Obviously, we weren't prepared for as hard a lockdown that we had in South Africa. We thought it would be mm-hmm. similar to what our peers had had in their countries. But then it was a making that work, you know, and and we we really trying now to 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 make everything work, um, and we've been fortunate that we didn't have to have um, to lay people off and all of that. So it's been yeah, it's been challenging, but it's it's also good challenging. Sure, yeah, like Ayanda, you 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 know, like listening to like your journey and the moves that you've made, I, I'm actually like uh, astounded by what you've been able to achieve in such a very short. Um, time in your career um so 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 what's next um before we go like to two hours (laughs) what's next for you um in terms of your life in terms of your career um is it something that you think about or you're kind of you're the type of person who wants to live in the moment and experience things as and when they come I think um I'm that one person who's always like what's in it for me kind of person you know so even joining RS components and as much as yes I want I needed a job it was a matter of what's in it for me and it was actually quite funny when when I was joining RS components the guy that I had replaced um he was moving to go be the head of finance for Asia Pacific so he currently lives in Australia and um we were having a conversation and he was laughing and he was saying and he was telling me about how good Aris Components is as a company and how well they take care of people. And he says to me, you know, if this company wasn't so good, I wouldn't be leaving. And if I wasn't leaving, you wouldn't have a job. So I laughed yeah. and I said to him, what makes you think I wouldn't have a job if you went leaving? <laughs> you know, uh, because you wouldn't have a job at Aris Components. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I think I think for me, I'm always I'm always out trying to find things that make me happy. I know that sounds so airy-fairy and it's like up in there, but I always want to be in a space or an environment that makes me happy. And I think I found that at Aris um, in that I'm I'm with people who are just like um, always challenging the status quo. So we're always wanting to do something new or we're always wanting to be breaking ground. And one of the, actually the, the, the mission and, and the vision statement of the company is about innovation, you know, um, so we're always innovating. We we have a specific person that um, that runs with our CI, which is continuous improvement. But everyone is involved in continuous improvement. So we're always challenging ourselves, um, not only the South African company, but Aris Components itself. So I think for now, I'm going to settle a bit and, and I want to find myself within this company and grow within this company. But where do I see myself in the future um, I don't know, Tabs. I think I will go where my heart feels it's going to be happy there. 
Um, but I love, I love the, and, and I guess it's always been my drive. I, I love being um, in charge or in power. But again, what corporate has taught me and what managing people has taught me is that you, you're not just a boss and you call the shots, but you're there as a manager and you're managing people because everyone has got their own brains and everyone can think for themselves and everyone is, is, is qualified to do what they're supposed to be doing. So you don't have to sit there, stand there with the broom and, and like pointing at what everyone used to do, but you are there being the coordinator. You're getting the people, you know, um, together to actually execute the strategy. So you are the one with the vision or you are the one sharing the vision and stuff, but you've got all these people that are coming with you and executing the vision. So I like that. I like being in that position where, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm making sure that we're executing the vision. But I love the fact that I get involved in, in decision making. I get involved in coming up with that strategy and, and executing it. So quite happy where I am right now. Okay, 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 Ayanda. Um, so yeah, at the Superpower Podcast, we love to celebrate young African women who are just boss babes and just killing it in life. Um, so um, in like a sentence or two, um, what would you say your superpower is as Ayanda Kotobe? Sure. I think, <laughs> no, I actually don't think I know. <laughs> my, my, super, <laughs> my, super, my superpower is a superpower of resilience. I think um, having, having the childhood I've had, having gone through what I've gone through, um, I'm not scared to, to take risks. I, I'm not scared to, to challenge. But also I think I... I'm that person who, regardless of the adversities I'm going through, I radiate good vibes. You know, I, I'm, I'm able to stand my ground and be firm on my ground. I don't let stress uh, back me down. But even when I feel that I need help, I shout, I raise my hand. I, I Like, my voice is loud, but I'm also a very loud person. So I express my views and I, I will raise my hand and say, this doesn't make sense to me. Or I will raise my hand and say, I am sinking. But I think my superpower is that, the superpower of resilience. Okay, okay. As she said it, her superpower is resilience. Um, again, thanks so much, Ayanda, for um, accepting our invite. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you and learning about your journey. And I can definitely agree, you are one resilient boss babe. Thank you so much, Tabs. Bye. Awesome. Cheers. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end of the interview. Thanks so much for listening and hope you learned a thing or two. Please make sure to subscribe, review, and leave a voice note for any lady who inspires you. Till next week, have an awesome one. Cheers. <laughs>